Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories from travelers around the world. How's it going, you guys? It is Monday again. Now, it was a lovely, rare, sunny day in England the other day, or yesterday, rather, and it was my brother's birthday, my brother's 30th, and we all went out, we had a barbecue, it was such a good day, and all loads of relatives I hadn't seen in years were there, and old family friends, and I regaled them all with all these travel stories and everything like that. I just can't help myself. I bet you guys know how it is, right? You come back from somewhere, you just want to tell everyone about it. And then there's that moment when you're telling the story and they're listening and you go, ah, I've lost them. I've lost them. <laughs> I've talked for too long. I've lost them. If only I had Cody Crabb, our composer behind us, just with an orchestra, just playing all this awesome music whilst I tell the story, then it would have worked and I would have kept their attention, but otherwise not so much. Anyway, how's it going, you guys? Today is one of my favorite episodes. So when we started the podcast, I went around, you know, when you start a podcast, right? You don't know anyone yet. So you're like, right, dude, I need a travel story from you. I need a travel story from you. You go in the street, you go, hey, you traveled? Yeah, yeah I need a travel story from you. So this one was from my best friend, Guy Earnshaw, and we recorded the story a while ago, a few months ago. And it just kind of got lost in the archives, you know. And then I found it again. I thought, this is a great story. And this is going to be a great episode. So I got on the phone to him again. We set up a meeting and we we did all the interview sections. So the story is a different time to the interview sections, which is weird. But um, it's great anyway, because he's, he's so wise, you know. And the story, this one, was actually when we were using Foley sound. So I was in the rainforest. Rainforest sounds, you know. And so, yeah, tell me if you guys enjoy that. Because I'm thinking about bringing it back. I really enjoy what they bring to the story, those extra sounds and everything like that. So let me know on Twitter at Travel Stories UK or on email Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. I do answer everything. And I realized this morning that this episode's going live on Guy's birthday, May the 30th, which is a day before mine. And I think that means I don't have to get him a gift. Is that That's how it works, isn't it? Cool. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Guy Earnshaw. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good, mate. How are you? I'm, well, you know me, man. I'm always awesome. Always. You are always awesome. Every single day. That's one of the reasons why I love you. <laughs> you too, man. You too. So you're in Basingstoke. We we were talking before and you were telling me all yes. about how Basingstoke is and how that, what was the phrase you used? Um, you've not hated it at all. Yeah, I've not hated it at all. Basingstoke is one of those places uh, in the UK from the very little I've seen. I've literally just drove in here and got into a hotel and walked around and got some, you know, chain restaurant food. Um, but it's much like Telford, the town that we're from, that's largely grey in every single way from the sky to the grass. Um, and just like not a lot of great stuff going on um, as far as it looks. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, we were talking just now, because uh, this this call is partially to do the show and partially for us to just chat and hang out. Yes. But uh, we were talking just now, and we were about to get onto like an interesting topic, and I said, man, should we just do the show? And uh, you said, yeah. But yeah. what were we talking about again? Uh, you said so, y- uh, yin and yang. Yeah, I was saying, 
like when you walk around these places and right now the reason why I'm in Basingstoke is as we were laughing about boy on a business trip or I'm a businessman now and all this stuff and I think as with you Lee that you know I've always lusted after travel and done lots of traveling in my life um, and I think there's like a yin and a yang to it and a flow um, and even intrepid travelers as I tell who's always got a new adventure coming up, there are those times when you're back and you're either saving money, completing longer-term projects, making other advances in your life. And I think too often you can see that as that's the, the unenjoyable time and you sort of see it as a slog and you're in this great place. And as I was saying before, it's not too awful or not too terrible. Um, and I think we just say those because we've sort of, tricked ourselves into believing we have to feel that way and that travel is the only time that we can have fun um, but I think there's so much to enjoy about those other times too. How, how do you think, feel now because you're sort of in that state part of the travelling cycle right now? Mm, well there's kind of, I think there's kind of two schools of thought on it. Like, you know, when you come back from holiday or something like that and people go, oh, I'm back to the real world, you know, and yes. then travellers would say at last I can go back out into the real world, you know, when, when they're going out. And so there's two schools of thought, but what you just said then was making me think, and it's like, it's kind of all the real world in a way. I think that on one side, but on the other side, I don't know how real any of this stuff is. Do you know what I mean? I think the real stuff is way more natural than buildings and house insurance and mortgages. And you know what I mean? Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But there's also, I mean, they, those things are real in a, a way too. They are part of the like tapestry of life that we live in. Like they're just around us too. And there's also benefits to that as well. And it's not, I think it's just, it's easy to, to only look at the travel time as the fun and, and the other times is not so fun or not so real. But there are in some ways joys to that. And it's not right to, you know, lock that away from you because of a, uh, a bias towards being a, a traveler. Mm, so what would you say to, to someone that obviously loves travel and loves going out there, but is back to wherever they came from and they're just living and working and trying to get up the funds to travel again. And they're really not enjoying where they are and they're longing to be out traveling again. What would your advice be for them? You know? Yeah. I, for me, because that's something I thought when I came back from my last uh, trip away, and it's keeping those parts of the mentality that you have when, when you're traveling. When you are traveling, your, your mind shifts, like we've spoken about it before, that even just when you buy those plane tickets, you get hit with a kind of magic and everything just feels more fun. And, you're, and I think it's because you're more open. So I think bring some of those practices into that home time also, or, you know, when you're back at wherever it may be, saving up money, is be open, talk to strangers still, get mm. lost, don't go the same way to work every time. Try to see the fun in it, because that's something like when you're traveling, something terrible will happen, and it's hilarious. <laughs> you're loving it. And that's not because the thing is any worse, it's just you're open to it and you're up for it and I think it's sort of a little prison we can put ourselves in time to time but being like oh I wish I was here I wish I was there and it's just like just enjoy now in a way I yeah, know that like, so obvious but yeah but like how much how much of life is mindset you know what I mean like you could be out traveling and if you're still in the mindset as you were when you were back home wishing you were traveling and, and having a terrible time 
you'll have a terrible time because everything is mindset. And then, like you say, when you're back home and your mindset is the same as when you're traveling, you're exploring places, you're open to everything. It, it just, it makes you, like you say, have a good time. I remember, man, when I came back, uh, to, to England, um, it was different. Man, like, um, well, I was severely ill, but <laughs> I kind you of, were. yeah, <laughs> I looked like, uh, Conor McGregor when he cuts weight, you know, <laughs> just heinous. But <laughs> that's what dengue fever will do for you, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, when I came back, it was like, I wasn't, I was no longer in this place that was this prison. Like you say, it was England, this place with luscious green and, and old castles yeah. and stuff. You know, I mean, I, I was, for the most part, I was in Australia. There's not a lot of castles there. And it was, it was new in a way. And it was, it was different. It was exciting. And I think that was down to mindset more than anything, you know? Yes, definitely. And I, th- I think, well, me and you have been in, uh, bands in the past. And in one of our bands, we actually had a song called Home phobic homophobic and it was all about hating where we were from man it really was it's like a mantra that you tell yourself as a young person and obviously most your audience like ourselves you know they're probably like sub 35 um and i think it's like a less leftover mantra you've had in your head of this place sucks this place terrible i've got to get out of here when really yeah you're right it's green and it's lush and there are fun things to to be had Mm, absolutely like it's it totally is all mindset man uh, if you guys yeah. are interested in uh in mindset and travel mindset go back to the travel tips episode i think it was number three potentially but go back and have a look there were uh travel tips on mindset having a good yeah. mindset whilst traveling and experiencing travel as well that was the last travel tips and uh that one will probably help with that as well and it doesn't just relate to out when you're traveling as well try and do them back home so Traveling for you, man. When did it start? Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, I think like, you know, a lot of young kids in England, I went to Spain a lot as a child. Um, but I all, when I traveled, I always wanted to be separate from my parents. So most planes have three seats either side, or at least they did when I was young. And, uh, I have a sister also. So I'd always want to be in the seat by myself. And then when I was, uh, I think I was like 12 or 13, I had grandparents that lived out in Spain and I flew out to see them. And I remember one of the main reasons why I asked my parents and them for it so much is I wanted to like go and do the, the flying bit because it sort of made me a bit nervous. And I think that's when I fell in love with, uh, traveling and the idea of doing it more. And then, yeah, I've done a few more trips around Europe over time and um, went to Australia. Most recently, um, I've been going, I've gone to America. Mm. Uh, I did a massive trip around there. We did like 16 states, went into Canada, went into Mexico, all in like a, a $200 um, pickup truck. And it, it, it <laughs> so was cool. just amazing. Yeah. And we recently, um, my girlfriend and I, who's actually from uh, Oakland, uh, we've just bought our tickets back. So we're going uh, in August for about three and a bit weeks and just doing traveling around just California this time. Awesome. That's great, man. In, uh, in August, I think, I think I'm going to be around San Francisco as well. So. I know. Yeah. We, we, I'm so hoping that we get to meet up. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, man. And if any of you guys are in San Francisco, are you up for hanging with uh, some listeners, man? Yeah, for sure. I am a listener. <laughs> I'm a dedicated listener. Like, 
(laughs) Wicked. Hang out with your own. I like it. So, yeah, this story was recorded a while ago when we were down in your house. And uh, I don't know why I'm telling you, you you're aware of this. This is recorded a while ago while we're down in uh, Guy's house. And we've come back on here to have a chat and just kind of, because it was a while ago, you know, we want to get back in touch. So the sound is a little different, but the story I remember was awesome. It was really, really cool, man. It was great. I don't think we've had one quite like that yet. So this story, whereabouts does it take place? And can you give us any little teasers? Yeah, so it takes place in Cairns, Australia. Um, It was part of a big road trip I did all around the coast from Brisbane all the way through the top down to Perth. Um, And Cairns, for those people who haven't been there, is a rainforest wonderland of wildlife. It really is awesome, man. You know, I saw a, um, I saw a bat there that was like a meter wingspan. No joke, man. And it was like a foot away from us. We turned around and there it was just hanging out on a tree, you know? Yeah, everything seems bigger there animal-wise, and that kind of leads into my story. Uh, there are a lot of big wildlife around all the beautiful jungles of Cairns, and I can be slightly squeamish when it comes to animals. <laughs> now, I'm going to out you on two things here, right? Uh, this is why you're on the show. I like outing my friends. Number one, <laughs> number one, just before I asked that question, right? I ed- this is for the listeners. I edited it out, but I had a question from Guy. How do you say cans? Now, man, you've been there. <laughs> you've been there. You've heard people say it. You've told me the story before. We've talked about that place. Come on, dude. I know, right? But there's a <laughs> few things going on here, Lee. I'm trying to speak properly so people can understand me. I have realized that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've got an accent that I'm to overcome here. <laughs> so that that's really why I just wanted to confirm in confidence with a long-time friend how to say it so I didn't look look a fool. Well, no, that's, I'm going to make you look a fool for the second time here because, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> because I know that you have a fear of birds. Yeah. Well, I'm trying, to st- I'm trying to stop telling myself that now. Oh, really? I think, uh, yeah, I think going back to what we were saying earlier, I think that's a mantra I've told myself since being a child. I'm scared of birds. I'm scared of birds. So when I see a bird, it freaks me out. But no matter how much I start my new mantra of, I ain't scared of birds. Birds are lovely. I haven't overcome my fear of birds. Um, and they are ranked, as you know, pigeons number one. <laughs> with, with, with a special ranking for any uh, pigeon that's lacking a limb or has a mutilated limb, they're even higher. Now, is that because you know they've been in fights and you know they could probably take it? They're like the Mike Tyson well, of pigeons? Lee, I've told you this, right? I'm not <laughs> afraid that I'm going to be attacked, right? right. Six foot four, Lee. I'm, I'm kind of athletic. I've come into it late in life, but let's face it, I could take a pigeon. Well, you could, yeah, jujitsu, I reckon. My you could- thing is, that thing is gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting and I don't I have a fear that it's going to fly into me and touch me and there'll be some kind of grease so the next <laughs> next uh, it, it's tough I won't rank these next ones but they're all in there seagulls because they're massive also yeah chickens and turkeys and fifth and finally cassowaries cassowaries good call native to Cairns and just south of Cairns if I remember rightly that leads us in greatly and uh, also if you could give this story a name what would you call it if i had to give this a name i guess i'd call it a cairns adventure a coward surprise <laughs> nice i think that fits perfectly man i love it 
Oh, I keep trying to not say I love it. That's my thing. That's my verbal tick. But we're going to keep this in. We're going to keep this in the show. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. All right. You're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast. And this is Guy Earnshaw with A Can's Adventure, A Coward's Surprise. So the whole road trip took place in a sort of converted minibus um, and it had, you know, beds and all that stuff and that's where we were living in and then in there would be a table. Every morning, you know, we'd bring out, that's where we'd have all the meals in the morning and in the night and we'd congregate together. A safe space. And all of Cairns, for the most part, is this beautiful rainforest beaches and loads of wonderful wildlife. And the campsite we were staying in was in a clearing in the middle of the rainforest and great sounds of birds which are somewhat terrifying if you're already scared of anything that flies, especially pigeons. And in the clearing we were staying there for a few days and we were on the top layer and you could see over all of the campsite, all of the rainforest around you. And during the first few days, I saw signs for cassowaries around, um, don't feed, just ignore, let them do their thing. For those who don't know what a cassowary is, it is the last remaining real dinosaur, in my opinion. But cassowaries are one of only two birds worldwide to have caused death by physically attacking humans. If you do have a look at these fellas, I mean, they got those big dagger claws. These guys here be able to split you open in a couple of seconds flat, mate. Really? You have no idea. It has talons. And at the top half of it is a really aggro emu with a colourful face and a little helmet. And it stands around five and a half foot. If you are a biology student, do not quote me on the physical makeup of a cassowary, including the helmet. And there's these signs all over the camp. Don't feed them, don't approach them. They're friendly, but stay away. Because their special move is a disembowelment with a front kick, the Otomachida style, to the gut. And at this point, I should say who I'm traveling with. I'm traveling with a uncle married into the family and his grandson, really distant relatives. And the grandson at the time is nine years old. And one morning we're out. Uh, my uncle is getting showered and we're having breakfast, civilized in the middle of the rainforest in Australia. And as we're eating our bananas and our porridge, I look up at Max, the young boy, and behind him, I see a giant cassowary shadowing over him about five feet away. I freeze and panic and do what any supervising male would do and shriek and grab the child and run into the van. But this cassowary was relentless. It came up to the van mirror and started knocking on it. Walked around to the other window and started knocking on it. 
like a creepy serial killer in a movie. And after pecking on the van, the cassowary goes over and starts eating our bananas and all our fruit. And at this time, my uncle is coming up the hill, freshly showered, towel under arm. And my uncle is a northerner, a proper Yorkshire bloke, a builder, a man's man. And he does what any man does when an aggressive male comes into his camp and starts eating his food. And he picked up the lid to the food box and started using it as a shield to fend for the food to try and block this cassowary. At this point, the camp turned on him, of course, because he's fighting an endangered species. That isn't popular. The next point in the trip was heading further north. Later that day, we packed up the car and headed up there to the point where Captain Cook landed. And it's right up there and there's loads of mangroves and solitary beaches and everyone who's traveling knows that feeling when you're walking along the beach and you can look one way and there's no one, look the other way and there's no one. You just feel it's you and the planet and you start to realize what a scared little bitch you are. During one of these walks, we met up together and started walking on the beach and then decided to take a dip into the mangroves. And there's always great sounds. That's the best thing about Cairns, is the sounds. So we head off the sunny beach into the dark and eerie mangroves. Shadows cast and it could be vines or snakes. And we head up to one of the pools and start throwing rocks, skimming rocks. And Max picks up a pile of sand and starts throwing these shot puts of sand into the water. we're playing around throwing rocks get close to the water and Max throws one deep and as we heard the plop instantly a huge saltwater crocodile's head came flying out of the water would catch it as if it were a grape and I was its buddy and just clenched its jaws and I did what any man would do and I shrieked grabbed the boy and ran away I don't know if there's any real takeaway from that other than you're not always what you'd expect you'd be. Because all travellers, I'm sure young people, read books and adventure and when they're going down the Amazon and they're not scared when the wild beast drops in front of them. But I promise you, if you squeal at a spider, if you jump at a pigeon, if you're alarmed by worms, then when that heroic moment comes and you are confronted with a real beast, you will likely be the same coward you are. Thank you for that story, man. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, a bit of a change from uh, the usual more deep topics and heartfelt topics. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) A lot funnier and it just works with your northern accent as well, I think, you know. (laughs) Comedy just comes out. Thank (laughs) you. If a comedian's got a northern accent or like a New York accent, it just works. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's like steroids for comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you reckon some people can put it on and instantly get to be a better comedian? You know? Probably. Yeah. yeah. You I should reckon- try it. Do ah. a whole episode. 
Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. This is Travel Stories Podcast. I'm Aidan Lee, and I'll be your host. Yeah, I like that. I don't. I think I'll lose all my American listeners, but yeah, <laughs> I think I might do that next time. We'll do it. So, about the story, would you act differently now? Because, like, how old were you then? Uh, I was 17 or 18. I think I just turned 18, maybe. Right. So, it's like almost 10 years later now. Would yeah. you Would you act differently in that position? I'd love to say yes. Um, But I guess, you know, you don't know until it happens. I've definitely got a lot more calm. Mm. um, So I'd like to think so, but I don't know if I'd be the hero my uncle was fending off that living dinosaur with a lid from his bananas. Um, I'd probably probably have sacrificed the bananas, I think, and just sat elsewhere for an hour or two (laughs) and just let it leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I always think about that, man. Like, you know, if I... I learned first aid recently um, because it's like if something's happening and I'm there, I'd like to think I'm the guy. You know what I mean? I'm the Mm. guy that gets in there and gets it done. Everyone carries me away like, yeah, Hayden Lee, yeah. Um, But... Would I, would I be the guy? You know what I mean? I, how do you know unless you're in the position, you know? Odds are, my friend, you would not be the guy. <laughs> so that's why, right, in army situations, they do this stuff over and over again till they train. Because when you're actually going there and there's bombs going off and everyone's shooting, the odds are you're just going to freeze and stand there or do the job poorly if you've not repeated it over and over again. So in the actual situation, let's say a loved one, did have something you know disastrously go wrong unless you'd had sufficient training you can maybe make the problem worse like. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure having some knowledge is good um but yeah i think when hit by catastrophe you don't always act the way you think you would mm. it is like if someone's not breathing you you have to turn them over so their stomach's on the floor and then push down is that right yeah yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah, uh, right. put your thumb in the one nostril, just to widen the other out, and that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very... Nostril widening is the important. That's the part, you know. Yeah, that you've got to. Yeah. But just a, a scary story, right? I don't have any percentages or facts or actual times about this, but I have heard um, that in plane crashes, a lot of them happen on the runway. All right, and you know, fire engines get there relatively quick, and a lot of people tend to. Not a lot, but often people will survive the crash and they'll find their bodies burnt at the end and they go and they check and their seatbelts were functioning, they just didn't try to undo them. And the thinking is that when you're in that situation, you kind of freeze and you just say to yourself, I guess it'll be okay, they'll be over here in a minute and then before you know it, it, it's all over. Yeah, so I guess it's just about reps in a way. Like, you know, when they when you yeah. get on a plane and it's all about the, the safety procedure and stuff and you just zone out, you put your music in, you go, yeah, I know that stuff. That's right. Next time you should get out of the life jacket, start testing it out, <laughs> putting it back down, doing it again, just get ready. <laughs> yeah, and if there's anything, just say, hey, guy told me, it's all about, it's a situation, man. I'm not going to know what to do. <laughs> I'm preparing, I'm with you. Clasp it, pull it unloosen it clasp it pull it unloosen. <laughs> that's it man and uh that's a good uh that's a good travel tip man just to keep on top of that you know things like that safety stuff like if you're if you're in a city or something and you need to know about all the security not to get scammed and like if something does happen and everything like this it is good to to think about it a lot and do you reckon playing playing it over in your mind 
do you reckon that could get the the actions kind of ingrained so you you your body knows what to do next or your mind at least knows what to do next yeah i'm not a scientist but i actually think so i do think yeah. that's the case like if you rehearse say you're you know you're going to give us a, a talk about something you can rehearse that in your head and that's mm. the same as rehearsing it aloud so yeah that makes sense yeah. man do yeah. you want to come on uh do you want to come in an episode of hayden's travel tips yeah that'd be great what should we do it on good question well, uh, we'll figure that out. Or maybe uh, you can send us an email, Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com, H-A-Y-D-E-N, or Twitter at TravelStoriesUK. Let me know what you want me and Guy to talk about. Any tips that you'd like from a soothing northern accent? Beautiful. <laughs> 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 yeah, loving it. So, do you have anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with, man? Ooh. Uh, you know, what we were talking about at the start, I guess, that, that seems quite on topic, is, you know, when you're not in those times of travel, um, don't let that be the end of your enjoyment and travel experience. Take that mindset into it. Listen to the seven experience tips in the previous episode and apply that to your life as you're walking around your hometown and don't see it as this prison cell that you always wanted to escape. Try to look at the beautiful things in it. Nice, like a regular Tony Robbins. That's right. <laughs> like a northern Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. Thank you, dude. Now, if people want to chat to you for any reason, or if some women are listening think, oh, I like the sound of this guy, then where can they get in touch with you, if you want them to, that is? Yeah, Travel Stories UK. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for people to reach me, but if they want to say anything, they can say it directly to you. Cool. Yeah. Send it all through me and I'll, I'll paraphrase in like a horrible way, you know? Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds <laughs> like, Hey, just tell Guy I enjoyed his tips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Victoria says that she hates your accent. <laughs> she thinks you sound like an idiot and she thought your tips were okay. <laughs> oh, Victoria. <laughs> That's how we'll do it. All right. Cool. Thank you so much for this, dude. It was fun right now and it was fun when we recorded the story. Man, it's, it's always fun hanging out with you. Oh, what are you doing for UFC? Let's hang out then. Yeah, let's do it. And we have our almost joint birthday coming up too, so yeah. we'll have to do something for that. That's um, right. But yeah, thank you for having me on. I do genuinely listen to the show. Um, yeah, and I'm very proud of what you're doing here, and it is awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks for everything. Thanks for coming on. Great stuff. You're the best. Bye. See you later, man. Thanks again to Guy for his story, and thanks to you guys for joining us on his journey. How funny is that guy, man? That's why he's been my best friend for over 10 years now. So send me an email at Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. I do answer everything. Let me know what you think. If you enjoyed the show and you're on iTunes, please subscribe and leave a review. It really, really does help us. If you're listening anywhere else, actually, I'm sure there's a subscribe button right there to hit. So hit that and you can continue to get the stories. Show notes for this episode can be found with the rest of them at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. And again, if you want to get in touch with me i'm on twitter at travel stories uk this episode's question from me to you is what would you have done in that situation easy question what would you have done so thanks again join us next time for another immersive inspiring and international travel story and remember travel is never a matter of money but of courage mm-hmm.